0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message
1: was crucified on a cross, dried a, criminal, a criminal's death because of that message of hope. And then he was put in a tomb. And that night, Pharisees and Roman soldiers walked by that tomb and they smiled and they laughed because they thought the message of hope was done. And after three days, you know what happened? He came back from the grave because he came to this world to die, to be resurrected, to be with the Father so that you didn't have to live your life apart from Christ, so that you didn't have to live your life alone, so that you did have to live your life chasing after dumb things when all God wants is a relationship with you.
0: Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message.
1: World. In 2006, the third pick of the NFL draft went to the Tennessee Titans and the Tennessee Titans selected Vince Young as their new quarterback. Now, Vince Young was one of the most hyped prospects coming out of college, and they thought they hadn't made. And, and for the record, Vince Young had a phenomenal rookie season, such a good rookie season that he won Rookie of the Year Award, and that earned him more notoriety, more money, more um, you know, chance in front of people, more everything, and ultimately, that would lead to him burning out. The next season was a rapid decline for Vince Young. He ended up throwing 17 picks and he only threw nine touchdowns. If you're not a football fanatic, flip those. The numbers are not good how they were. And then he ultimately gets replaced by some other quarterback and he bounces around from team to team to team and then he retires from the league and they were interviewing some of his uh, teammates about Vince Young and they said, what happened? He had all these skills, he was phenomenal, he, he, he knew the game of football, he was so talented. What happened with Vince? And every single one of them said the same thing and they said, he had a legendary level of laziness. Legendary level of laziness. When he would walk in, he wouldn't work out, he wouldn't study the plays, he wouldn't do the things that he needed to do. He thought he was better than everybody else. He lacked humility. He spent his money in all kinds of dumb ways. He bought cars and homes and jewelry and clothes, and he would go as far, and they say he would spend $5,000 a week on cheesecake. What kind of cheesecake are you eating that's $5,000? I want some. But he's spending $5,000 a week on cheesecake, and he fizzled out. Vince Young had all the power. He had all, all, the, all the things in the world that you could ever want. But he didn't have a good foundation in Christ. He didn't ha- he wasn't a man of character. And that remind me, one of the faculty at Ozark would always say this at the end of the tour where the new students would come and visit the college. He would say, don't ever let your talent take you where your character cannot keep you. And here's the thing about Joseph. He had a lot of talent. He was very smart. He was very gifted, but he needed that character to keep him in the right place. And that's the same thing with us, you may be talented, but do you have the character from God to keep you in the right place? Do I have the character from God to keep me in the right place? So Joseph gets put in charge of the land and Pharaoh makes sure everybody knows that he's, that he's top dog. And to do this, he gives him four things. He takes his ring off his finger and he gives it to Joseph. He gives him new clothing, fine linen, he gives him a gold chain around his neck, and he gives him the rights to the second chariot in the whenever they're going anywhere, Joseph gets to be in the chariot right next to Pharaoh. And he says this in verse 44, and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. So Joseph goes from the prison to the palace and has all the power he could ever imagine. Not only that, but Pharaoh also gives him an Egyptian wife from a very, very high-level family. And not only that, but he also gives him a new name, an Egyptian name. And that is Pharaoh telling the world he is no longer this dirty Hebrew slave. He is one of us. He belongs to us. He is an Egyptian. He belongs to our family. He is the one that is going to save us. And as years pass, Joseph has some kids and he keeps moving forward with the plan. He gathers the grain and he stores it in the cities that are nearest to the fields, not the cities that weren't working hard. Joseph wasn't a socialist. He he gave he gave the grain to the cities that earned it. And he kept track of it with his officials. And he and he counted the grain. And it got to be so much grain that they couldn't count it anymore. They had way too much grain. And, and they don't know what to do with all this grain, so they just keep storing it, keep storing it, keep storing it. And then the seven years of plenty are over. And here comes the famine. Starting at verse 53, And the last seven years of bumper crops through the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries. But throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. wraps up with Joseph interpreting the dreams and they have come true. And Pharaoh, I, you have to imagine at this point, Pharaoh has to believe in the God of the Bible. He has to come to terms with the fact that this God, that Joseph is serving is real and he knows what he's talking about because these things have come true and it's an amazing story and it just keeps getting better. So please keep coming back for the next couple of weeks while we wrap it up. But, but this story is preached everywhere, right? you 've heard that if you 've been in church for any amount of time, you have heard the story of Joseph, and I think something that we like to do in church is we like to pick a Bible character and we like to to compare ourselves to them so that we can learn something from them for our lives and that 's okay and that, that, honestly that 's fine that 's okay we 're supposed to do that we 've been doing that, and, and we have learned that you know, we have to be humble. We've learned that we, that we cannot be distracted. We've learned that in the lowest of lows that, that God is there and God is faithful. And today we find more ways to, to, to relate to Joseph. But can I give you a few of the way how Pharaoh raises Joseph from the prison to the palace, how God has done that for us as well. The first thing Pharaoh gave to Joseph, if you remember, was his, was his ring. And this was a signet ring, so it was not a, a regular ring. It had a crest on it, some sort of symbol of the Pharaoh. And this is for two reasons. It would have, um, when people saw the ring, they would know, hey, that, that, is, that guy's in charge. And then also, whenever Pharaoh would, would sign a law or a letter or anything like that, he would take his ring and he would stamp it over some wax, And that was the equivalent of of Pharaoh's signature. So it meant so be it, that is law. So now Joseph can just walk around and, and flash the ring and people know that he's in charge or Joseph could technically create laws if he wanted to. So he has been given ultimate authority over the whole kingdom of Egypt. Well, in the same manner, when you are adopted, when I was adopted into the family of God, then I and you received authority in Jesus' name, not your authority, it's not my authority, but in Jesus' name. As believers, we have that. We get to pray in the name of Jesus, and we get to hand that over in the name of Jesus. John 14, verses 13 through 14, whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it in Jesus' name. The second thing Joseph gets is it's fine linen and a gold chain. Pharaoh takes this this beautiful cloak and he gives it to Joseph. And now remember, this is now the second coat that Joseph has owned that is meaningful to the story. But this one is probably much nicer than the one he had at the beginning of the story. And it goes along with his much nicer attitude and much more humble attitude that he has. And then he also gets this big gold chain that he is adorned with over around his neck. And, and he went from, from the, the chains of the shackles that he was wearing in prison to this beautiful ornate chain that he gets to wear on his neck. And now God does the same thing with us when we come home, does he not? Like the prodigal son, he, he, he gives us a new robe. He dresses us and clothes us in righteousness. And God does not adorn us with a golden chain, but he adorns us with the fruits of the spirit whenever we choose to come home. In Isaiah 61.10, it says, my soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. And the third thing Joseph gets is, is affluence. He gets wealth and respect everywhere he goes. And, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, ride in the second chariot. So when they're going somewhere, Joseph is right next, right behind Pharaoh is a spot that is reserved for the highest of highs. And everywhere Joseph goes, people have to bend the knee to him and yes, Pharaoh was in charge, but let's really face it, he wasn't. Pharaoh took a step back and he was letting Joseph kind of run the ship. And in Christ, we find the same level of of wealth and affluence, and it's maybe not in popularity, and it's maybe not in money, but because of Jesus Christ, and because of his death on the cross, and because of God, we now have a glorious present that we get to live in, and we get to look forward to an even more glorious and affluent future in heaven and and in eternity with our Father God. The same exact thing. And, and thank you, God, right? Thank you, God, for taking me and taking you out of the prison, washing us, cleaning us, putting us in nice clothing, and then ascending us to be in a place of honor next to him in heaven and all prosperity, everything, anything good that has happened, all prosperity, all good things that have gone on for you and for me, guess what? They do not belong to you. They do not belong to me. They are not because I have tried. They are not because you have tried. They're because God allowed it and gave it to you in your life, and that is something that Joseph. Joseph has finally figured out, because here's the thing, if you don't realize that God needs to be in it, then it will never be enough. Because here's the thing, think about how many people we hear about that have all the money, all the fame, all the respect, and they are still walking around like empty corpses, because they have nothing, they have everything in the world, yet at the same time, they are empty. And they, and they have this, this God-shaped hole in their heart, and they throw drugs at it, and they throw relationships, and they throw alcohol, and they throw more money at it, and they throw everything they can find under the sun to try and fill this God-shaped hole. But in reality, the only thing that's going to fill it is God. Because it's shaped in a certain way, and it's the shape of the Father. But they keep trying, and keep trying, and keep trying, and that's something that Joseph finally figured out, is that in the midst of all the good things that happen in our life, We give glory to God because he allowed it. So that's one way I can preach this passage, but I think there's a different way. And in, in 32 years of me being raised in the church, I have heard this passage taught a million times, but I have never heard it taught this way. And let me make this perfectly clear. I did not come up with it. I heard it a week ago. So I just want to relate it to you. I am not that smart. I want to challenge some of you in this room, you may actually not be Joseph in this story. Chances are some of you are Pharaoh. Some of you are are closer to Pharaoh than, than you are to Joseph because you see when Pharaoh called for Joseph and Joseph interpreted the dreams and told Pharaoh of the future, Pharaoh had a choice. Did he not? Pharaoh had the choice. He could believe and rely on Joseph, listen to the messenger from God and save the land of Egypt, or he could rely on his own understanding. He could say, I got it from here. Thank you for interpreting. I'll take care of it. Thank you for interpreting. That sounds crazy. Put him to death. He could have said, I'm Pharaoh. I get to make the call. I don't need you, Joseph. Thank you for trying. Pharaoh had the option, listen to the messenger of God and save the kingdom and everybody that he is responsible for under him as the Pharaoh. Or he could ignore truth of what was coming and condemn his people along with himself to the famine. I mean, just think about it. Had Pharaoh not listened to Joseph, then chances are that they have seven years of plenty, they become a gluttonous nation that doesn't know how to save, and then the famine hits and that nation is destroyed. And then if that nation is destroyed, then Joseph's family never comes into that nation, and then we don't have the Israelites, and then we don't have the Prince of Egypt, another great DreamWorks movie. You should watch that one after Joseph. And then God's plan just gets thrown out of whack. And now let me make something clear. I'm not putting God in a box. God would have figured it out, okay? He would, he would have sorted it all out so that everything would have happened the way it was supposed to be happening. But just think of the repercussions. Had Pharaoh chosen to lean on his own understanding? Had he lived his life the way that some of you choose to live your life, which is far and apart from truth? The way that some of us choose to go around our day thinking that we know better than the truth from God? No, God, thanks, but I got it from here.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day
1: Well, some of you have a choice to make some of you have the same choice laid out before you because jesus has come the gospel has been spoken to you and you know the truth and there are only two outcomes i'm sorry and i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it out really really crystal clear for you and it's not gonna be pretty There are two outcomes, and here they are. You have death or life, destruction or redemption, belonging or separation, heaven or hell. In this stage, we talk about sin, we talk about heaven, we talk about hell, because those things are important and because those things are real. And I'm not here to make you feel pretty, I'm not here to tickle your ears, I'm here to tell you about what actually matters and what is real, and that is that we get two options and you get to choose. Just the same way that I get to choose, much like Pharaoh knew what was coming because of Joseph, you know what is coming, I know what is coming because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. Jesus is calling you to a better life, a life that is full, not a life that is empty. So why are you still running? Why are you still leaning on your own understanding? Why are you still thinking that you got it together time and time again after all these years? Aren't you tired? Aren't you weary? Aren't you empty apart from Christ? Because Jesus wants something that is better for you than all these things that seem to leave you emptier than before you tried them. Because because let me tell you the truth, thousands of years ago, there was a baby boy, and he was born to a virgin in a manger. And that baby boy grew up to be a man, and that man was Jesus, and that Jesus came to bring a message of hope to a world that was dark, and disgusting, and sinful, that needed him. And he was crucified on a cross, dried a, criminal, a criminal's death because of that message of hope. And then he was put in a tomb, and that night, Pharisees and Roman soldiers walked by that tomb, and they smiled, and they laughed, because they thought the message of hope was done and after three days you know what happened he came back from the grave because he came to this world to die to be resurrected to be with the Father so that you didn't have to live your life apart from Christ so that you didn't have to live your life alone so that you didn't have to live your life chasing after dumb things when all God wants is a relationship with you because he loves you And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That grace is freely given. The price was paid for you and for me because we will never be good enough on our own. Because I could sit here and preach a thousand sermons and I could baptize 5,000 people in the baptistry and I am still broken. And I am still in need of a Savior. And you are too. Don't wait. What are you waiting for? Why are you running away? Christ is calling you home. He promises you a such a better life, man. So much better than anything you or I could ever hope for. I don't want you to walk out of here missing this. If this is you, if I'm speaking to you right now, if if your heart is being pulled, maybe it's been pulled this week, and you stumbled in here in a fog and and God is talking to you right now, man, talk to somebody when we're done here. Find an elder, go to the back table, find me, go talk to whoever's watching your kid in the nursery, I don't care, find somebody that can point you in the right direction. Maybe you don't want to talk to somebody. There are cards in the back of your chairs. Flip it around. Mark, I have questions. I want to get baptized. I, w- I want to make take the first step to believing in Jesus. Don't leave because you are not promised tomorrow. I am not promised tomorrow. I could die the moment I step off the stage, but here's the difference is I know where I'm going. Amen. My bags are packed and I'm ready to roll whenever it is, whenever God calls me home, but I don't want you to miss it because the message of the gospel is the most beautiful story that has ever been spoken. Jesus loves you, Jesus cares about you, Jesus wants you and he wants you to know that he is here for you and he wants a relationship with you today. So stop waiting, turn around, listen, please your life and the life of the people that you may have influence over whether it's your kids your grandkids just like pharaoh was responsible to listen to that message to save his people you're responsible to listen to that message and save the people under you as well i have no good way to transition into communion so i'm just going to go straight into communion (laughs) we're going to enter into a time of communion if you didn't get the communion elements you can raise your hand and they'll give them to you but let me say this This is a time when you, if you have made this choice in the past, if you call Jesus your Lord, then this is a time when you get to reflect on that choice, the best choice you ever made in your life. You get to remember the sacrifice that Jesus laid on the cross for you and for me because we need him. And because without him, we are empty. So my ask for you is, as, as we sit here and we pray over communion, would you just remember that? Would you remember when you chose Christ for the first time? And would you remember his sacrifice on the cross and what he did for you? Can we pray for us, and then you can take communion. Father God, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for the way that you utilized Joseph and Pharaoh to carry forward your plan. And God, I pray that your words do not fall on deaf ears this morning, Father, but I pray that, that's, that there would be life change in this room, that there would be life change to somebody because of the testimony of Joseph's life and because of the death of your son on the cross, that, that generations would be changed because you changed the life of somebody. God, would you open our ears? Would you, would you tear down our prideful ways and our wants to be in control? And God, would you, would you build us back up better? And would you build us back up to look more like you? God, thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. Thank you that because of his death, we no longer fear death. Because of his resurrection, Lord, we get to call heaven home and we get to have a place with you. Lord, be with us this morning and remind us every day of who we are and whose we are. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.
0: Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday?